Just a moment ago, Pastor Dave read this Bible passage to you. Uh, this week, as I was preparing for this sermon today on the Lord's Prayer, I uh, read through this passage a number of times, and I, I noticed something. I, I'd like to bring it to your attention today, all right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a portion of the Bible passage, and I want you to make a mental note to count in your head the number of times that Jesus mentions the word Father, okay? Listen. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, our Father. So how many did you count? Four. And if we would add a couple of verses before and after and read the passage in its entirety, we would see that Jesus mentions the name Father three more times. In 11 verses, he mentions Father seven times. Do you get the impression that Father must be pretty important when it comes to prayer? As you know, we're in the midst of a sermon series called Why Do We Do That? And we're talking about the Lutheran liturgy. We're talking about the essential elements of what we do as part of our, our order of worship as Lutherans and the meaning that those elements bring to our worship. And then how that worship also impacts our daily living and it brings meaning to how we live as the children of God. Now, as I was going back through the various things that we've been talking about, the essential elements of Lutheran liturgy, something else piqued my interest. When we invoke or invite God into our lives, we begin in the name of the and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then when we confess our sins, I don't know if you've noticed, but in every single one of our divine services in our uh, Lutheran hymnal, we always appeal to the Father, the Heavenly Father, for forgiveness. And when the pastor pronounces forgiveness, he says, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then Pastor Larry a couple weeks ago reminded us that the Word of God is center in our worship because it points us to Jesus who is the center of our Bible and God's Word. It's the center of God's narrative, the biblical story. But Jesus said, I came not of my own accord, but my Father has sent me. It was the Father's will that our relationship be made right with Him. It's the Father's will that His Son should come and die and rise again. It's the Father's love that moved Him to do that for you and me. And so even the Word reflects a Father's love. And then last week we talked about the Creed. We don't have to get very far into the Creed because I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth. You get the impression that this whole idea of fatherhood and that, that family, father, child relationship is important. And today, as we 
talk about the Lord's Prayer and prayer in our worship service, how do we begin? Our Father. You know, as Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he, he began with how not to pray. He said, don't pray like the hypocrites because they feel as though they should be rewarded for their piety and, to borrow a word from Pastor Dave, their religiosity. They feel that they should be rewarded for their good lifestyle, that not only should others respect them, but that God should hear them. They were praying from the perspective of reward. There's a payment their piety, their religiosity, and there's a reward that comes with that. God says, no, nah, that's not the way it works. And then Jesus says, and don't pray like the Gentiles, or if we were in the New International Version, the pagans. Don't pray like them. Now, we have to understand that those Gentile pagans were not unreligious people. They were very religious people. They prayed often, and they prayed loud, and they prayed long. The problem was they were praying to little g false gods. And the other thing is they thought that their gods would hear them because they were praying loud and long, because they were using eloquent speech. They felt like because they prayed the right way, God then would reward them. Again, a payment on their part, a reward in response. But Jesus said, pray then like this. Our Father. You see, Jesus was saying, I don't want you to pray from this payment reward perspective. I don't want you to think that there's some sort of exchange that takes place. I want you to pray from the perspective of relationship. Our Father. Now, I'd like to illustrate this to you, and I'm going to ask for some help. I'd like to introduce to you my grandsons. Now, several of you, as I met you in the narthex, asked me about my grandkids. I got to tell you that if, you know, the t-shirt's really true, you know. If I didn't know grandkids were so much fun, I had them first. You know, because you can spoil them and then kind of send them home. But, you know, it's also interesting because I get to watch and I don't have to worry so much, you know, because I'm not the one that's ultimately responsible, although I love them very much and feel very responsible. But my oldest grandson up there, the one that's to the left, has this T-shirt. And in case you can't read what this T-shirt says, it says, still living with my parents. <laughs> now you laugh, right? You laugh at this, this because, you know, the irony of it is, is a, a three-year-old should still be living with his parents, right? But if he was 35 years old, and he was freeloading, and he wasn't participating in the household, and he wasn't paying rent, we wouldn't be laughing if he was wearing that t-shirt, right? Because in our world, we have this perspective of payment and a reward. Our whole society is based on that, right? I mean, I go to the grocery store, I pay them for groceries, they provide me with the goods. Or we look at it from the other perspective, they provide me with the goods and I reward them with payment. 
when we talk about everything in life, you know, phone company, they provide me with service, I provide them with payment, I reward them. Vice versa, I pay them, they reward me with the service. And then we learn this from a, a childhood on up. If I'm a good little boy or girl, then I get a reward. If I pick up my toys, I might get an allowance. If I do my homework and I'm diligent in handing in my homework on a, a timely basis, I get better grades, generally speaking. If I work really hard and I participate and uh, at, uh, contribute to the team and I play well, then I'm rewarded with playing time and a position on the team. That's the way our, our world works. Now let's look at this from the perspective of rent. Let's say I needed a place to live and you had an apartment. We would do this exchange, wouldn't we? Where I would agree to pay you so much rent every month and you would provide me with a place and you would keep it up. The exchange is I would provide you with some payment and you would reward my payment with services, with a, a place to stay. Conversely, you would provide me with a place to say, that's your, your payment, and then my reward is I would pay you for that rent, right? But Jesus is saying, don't be a boarder. Don't be a boarder. Be a child. Pray from the perspective of a child. But you know, so often we pray from the perspective of being a boarder. That we pay God and then expect him to return that favor. That's what the hypocrites were doing. They were being pious in their life. They were being religious in how they conducted their, their lives. They were attempting to earn God's favor by giving big sums in the collection plate and by giving to the poor and by treating others with kindness and then God owed them a reward by answering their prayer. The pagans were thinking, oh, if I pray loud and long and I pray the way that gods want me to pray, then they will answer my prayers. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not the way it works. I don't want you to pray like a boarder. I want you to pray like a child. And sometimes, tell me that you don't do this, because I know I do. There are times when it's like, why doesn't God answer my prayers? I deserve better than this. I serve him. I do all the right things. I go to church on Sunday. I spend time in his word. I pray diligently. Why doesn't he answer my prayers? These are godly prayers. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? I deserve it. We don't say it in so many words, but that's kind of our attitude, isn't it? And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. Don't pray like a boarder. Pray like a child. Pray then like this, our Father. I was thinking about what it looks like to pray then like this, our Father. And I told you I have some grandchildren, and I've learned a lot of things watching them. I told you that uh, it's been kind of nice just to sit back. 
Maybe we can learn a few things from them about what it means to pray, not like a border, but like a child. One of the things I learned from my children is that, and you can write these things down, that a childlike prayer is totally dependent. Now, I told you I have some grandsons, but I also have a granddaughter. She's about two months old. Isn't this a beautiful little lady? Don't you love that, that yellow polka dot outfit she's wearing? She worked hard picking out that outfit. You should have seen her crib. All the clothes that she tried on were strewn all over her crib until she finally found the best outfit. You laughed, right? Because you know she didn't pick out her outfit. Because this little lady can't do anything on her own. She can't dress herself. She can't pick out an outfit if she wanted to. She can't feed herself. She can't clean up after herself. She can't get from point A to B by herself. She can do absolutely nothing on her own. She is totally dependent upon her father and her mother for everything. And in love, they are all too happy to give that to her. Because you see, besides the fact that she's totally adorable, grandfather speaking, there's nothing she can do to pay her parents back. She's got nothing to give in exchange. She is totally and absolutely dependent upon her parents. Is that what Jesus meant when he said, pray then like this, our Father? I'm totally and completely dependent upon you for everything that I have and everything that I am. Pray then like a child, not like a boarder. The second thing that I learned from my grandchildren is this, that it's totally motivated by love. That this childlike prayer is totally motivated by love. Nothing brings more joy to my heart than to see my son-in-law come home from work. The kids run to the front door as they see daddy's, or they, first of all, they hear his, his truck coming. He loves this loud uh, truck. He's got a big V8, makes a rumble. Daddy's home! And they make a beeline for the front door. They are jumping up and down, waiting for him to come up the front walk and come to the front door. They can't wait. And in the morning, there's nothing that they love more than to snuggle with their mommy. Why? Because they know that mommy and daddy love them with all their heart. They know that there is no other person on earth, grandfather included, that loves them more than mommy and daddy. And they love nobody on this earth more than mommy and daddy. They would rather be with nobody else than mommy and daddy. Is that what Jesus was saying when he said, we pray like this, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, dear Lord, may I look to you as my favorite, the one that loves me the most and the one that I love the most, number one in my life. 
may I live in your kingdom knowing that you are the benevolent king that provides me with all that I need and may I live for you totally with eyes only for you and may I do your will may everything I do warm your heart may everything I do bring a smile to your face pray like a child not like a border the third thing that I learn is that a childlike prayer is shamelessly persistent as I was writing this sermon the other day I was sitting on the couch in the living the family room and I was typing away and my grandson was the older one was was playing on the floor nearby and I was getting into it and I was really moving along finally sometimes sermons take a while to come and he comes up to me and says grandpa I'm hungry just a second son uh grand uh, you know buddy let me let me finish uh this paragraph I got carried away and I kept going I'm embarrassed to say it and he comes up to me and he says grandpa could I have a snack please just a second buddy over and over and over, he kept coming up to me. He said, Grandpa, can I have a snack, please? And you know what? There wasn't a, a, a single little shred of, of shame in him coming to me. He was not afraid, and he was persistent. He wasn't afraid to ask until finally I got up, put the computer down, went to the, the counter, and got him some crackers for him to eat. Is that what Jesus was talking about when he said, pray like this, give us this day our daily bread. That we can go to God every day and pray that he would provide what we need for that day. That we would persistently and shamelessly look to him for all that we need because he's God and our God is that to which we look for all good things. Don't be afraid. Come and talk to your father. Pray like a child, not like a boarder. And the last one that I learned lesson that I learned from my grandchildren is this, that this childlike prayer is completely and absolutely unconditional. One of the things that I've learned most prolifically from my grandkids is is this that they can go to their parents with absolutely no shame they're they're shamelessly persistent but they can also go with no shame as much as i would like to tell you that my kid, grandkids are perfect they're not and there are times when their parents have to discipline them and time after time, every time they're disciplined, then they have to go off to time out, or they are scolded, or they have to sit on the, on the chair in the corner. When they're all done, they go running to their mom or dad, and they wrap their arms around them, and they're remorseful. And it doesn't stop them from asking their parents for what they need. It's like nothing ever happened. The forgiveness was offered. The love was given, and now it was like the, the slate was wiped clean. And they can come to their parents, and they can ask them anytime about anything 
no matter what they did before, because their parents unconditionally loved them, and in return, they unconditionally love their parents. Is that what Jesus was talking about when he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? Lord, blot out all my transgressions. Remember them no more. And help me to live in that forgiveness, knowing that I can still come to you. No more do I have to go, oh, I can't face God again because I just sinned. How can I possibly go to him in prayer? No. His forgiveness is complete. His forgiveness is unconditional. We can live in that forgiveness and give that forgiveness freely because of what he's done for us. Pray like a child, not like a boarder. I'd like to conclude by sharing a, a story with you. This was in a sermon that I read. And this pastor looked to his congregation, he says, I've got to tell you about my childhood. As a child, before my brothers and sisters would sit down for breakfast, we would ask our father what we could do to please him so that he would let us eat breakfast. And then he'd tell us. And if we wanted lunch money for school, we would ask our father, what, what would please you? And he'd tell us. And at supper time, as we sat down, we knew that if we haven't pleased our father, we would not have anything to eat. I remember the first time I asked my father for a new outfit for Easter. Daddy, what can I do for you so that you would buy me a new outfit for Easter? And that's just one example of many, he said. All our lives, my brothers and sisters and I had to please our father before he would take care of us. Not once did he say, I'm your father and I love you, don't worry about it. If we didn't do something for him first, then he wasn't too concerned about doing something for us. And then he said, isn't it sad that this is often how we view our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And then he continued, my earthly father never did any of that. Never. My father took care of his family, and at one point in his life, he worked three jobs, a full-time and two part-time jobs, so that we could have what we needed. He was our daddy, and he loves us. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father. There's no payment reward system involved with our Father. He just wants us to come to our Daddy, our Abba, our Father. Pour out our heart to Him and know that He loves us and that He is there to provide all that we need. Pray then like this, our Father. Amen.